April 30th, 1803, the U.S. buys the Louisiana Territory from France for $15 million, a bucket of crawdads, and a little flash of Jefferson's nipple. Welcome to The Revisionists, the show where three comics try to punch up history. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. <laughs> Sorry, I was celebrating not fucking up the introduction. He literally Brian. raised his fists into the air. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a beautiful moment. Exactly. Good night, everyone. The Olympic yes. spirit triumphs once again. Congratulations on turning 28 and be able, being able to speak a complete sentence, finally. Uh, our guest tonight is a fantastic Denver comic and the co-host of the Broadcast Geeks podcast, uh, Nate Balding. Hello. Thank you for being here, Nate. Yeah, no, excellent. Excellent to be here. If you're not familiar with the show, each episode, we take a different topic from history. Mm-hmm. One person presents a true story, sure. which will be Nate this episode, and one person comes up with an alternate history. And the winning story becomes our accepted history going forward. Last week, uh, this is, I think, a first. The audience voting uh, overturned my vote in the episode. Oh, wow. And Zach's alternate history of uh, King George III... I uh, was the winner. Yeah, I got a perfect record, motherfucker. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never lost in alternate history. I feel like alternate history tends to win. Yeah, most- I'd say it's seventy-five, twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, I felt like I wanted to try and try and take the challenge. Well, you picked a tough topic, I gotta say, because Brian and I have not made it a secret that we are oh. not the biggest fans of old TJ. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, King George on the way over here and and also I did listen to Franklin earlier and it, it didn't seem like you guys had much love for uh, Tommy Jeffs. Well, we'll get into it when we get to the horrific things he did. <laughs> to the slaveholding yes. and sexual assault that yeah. he committed. Two big strikes. I don't even need a third one. When those are the first two? Yep. Don't even need a third one, but still, anti-federalist. Yeah. So, right. Well, you know, I mean, that's more personal ba- baseball yeah, rules. This is America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baseball rules. Yeah. Uh, if if we can't if we can't comport ourselves and our law according to the fictional realities <laughs> of a sporting event invented by a man named Abner, yeah, then I've I don't want to live here. The rules of baseball be described as fictional realities. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there is there, certainly not natural realities. Uh, they're as real as the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. I guess yes, that's technically true. <laughs> I mean, but those are but like the rules are. Uh, I don't know, actually. I may have changed my mind about this while know. I'm thinking this sentence. Out. All I know is there's nothing in the rule book about a dog playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yep, you can role plays whatever you want. That's the magic of. Uh... Yeah, our friend John literally role plays as a dog in our game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if there was a commissioner of Dungeons and Dragons, I'm sure that that would uh, that would be outlawed. Until such time oh. as, uh, you know, the players union I don't like could this. figure out a way to, uh, get Fascist out, get away from the strike. Dungeons and Dragons, dis- Dungeons and Dystopia that you're slinging at us. <laughs> uh, I believe you're talking about Shadowrun now. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, a cyberpunk vision. <laughs> well, I think if we're all ready to begin. All right. Thomas uh, Jefferson. Here we go. There's, I really wanted to like try and do this in like a, a Dan Carlin like kind of stilted but authoritative, like quiet tone. And then uh, uh, like I tried doing that, and about thirty seconds in, it became Rod Serling. So I'm just not going to try it. I think that's a pretty solid <laughs> choice I'm also too. Fine with that, yeah. 
Well, especially if you're doing the alternate, I would like it if every week the real person did a Dan Carlin a, and the alternate person did, did a Rod we'll Serling. Work, we'll we'll work on that. Yeah. We'll give we'll give people another thing to try to work on <laughs> in a week. That's right. Signpost up ahead. The revisionists. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you can't see it at home, listeners. But when we record this, there's always a giant eyeball floating by. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's there's there's two large windows, uh-huh. uh, you know, for for sniping at people who are trying to peel back the veil <laughs> and, and show you the true history of this country and other countries. I guess have been discussed. Hi, I'm Howard Zinn. <laughs> they were for sniping. I did not realize that. Is that why they pulled them out of the show after the JFK assassination? Too topical. <laughs> <laughs> Too topical yeah. with the most obscure reference possible. <laughs> People didn't want to see windows after that. No. <laughs> it reminded them. <laughs> Every window was boarded up until Mixon, basically. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Thomas Jefferson was born in the uh, in the, tr- the traditional fashion. Born <laughs> okay. born of woman. You know, tr- traditional. Much so not from his mother's womb, untimely ripped? No, no. And no, no one died during childbirth. It was an inauspicious birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was <laughs> the third of ten. Uh, and, and, you know, as, as any psychologist can tell you, the, the first child is, uh, showered with love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second child is, uh, usually not cared for. Trickle the, down love. The third, the third child is, is babied. And, uh, the seven other children are a colonial redundancy program. <laughs> so he was, he was born before, before it would have not mattered. <laughs> but we can probably assume cared for. He went to, uh, he went, he was, he had a fairly prestigious, uh, education, actually. Well, well educated in, in the arts, in, in Greek and Latin. Uh, he's, he's not a dumb guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, you know like, what? I'm going to give him that much. Yeah. I'll, yeah. We'll all say. of the, everything I've read about him indicates that he was not a dumb guy. He, uh, which makes it somehow worse. <laughs> no, it definitely does. Because <laughs> he's a man who was able to embrace enlightenment principles and reason and logic and come to a lot of very interesting conclusions that are, you know, theoretically very good for everybody. Get a uh, lot of halfway steps. Yeah, yeah. He, he, but, uh, you know, the, not not always fulfilling the uh, promises of his own, uh, his own creation. He the, talked a big game. He yeah. talked a big game. He's Couldn't all back a, it up. he's all about men being born equal, uh <clears throat> maybe not women. Uh, <laughs> and maybe not some men. <laughs> and maybe and maybe not maybe not after the the born part uh did the equality uh, continue to sustain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sort of uh, like uh it's a very republican <laughs> sort of outlook to well, be honest with you. He he was uh, straddling both democrat and republican uh because at the time that was, was the party. Yes. Democrat Republicans. Amazingly, which kind of uh, makes and it very confusing for right. the lazy students of today. <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes it it makes it weird to think because it 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 makes politics feel even more insular now. When you're mm-hmm. like, we lost an entire half of a party at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like a party today couldn't get away with having a hyphen in its name. No, uh, well, you could, but it would be considered some sort of bullshit feminist liberal arts party. <laughs> liberal arts so you're, party. You're gonna you're gonna hyphenate your last name. Why don't you just take the man's name? Just take sure. his fucking name. You know, or or Hispanic. It could be a Hispanic party. You know, They're, <laughs> generally speaking, we'll take both the mother and father's last name. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there is. 
you could probably pitch it to like sort of a conservative group if there were like a merger between two really corporate parties. <laughs> you mean the Democrats and Republicans? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Coming back to the Democratic Republican Party. Uh, yeah. Bernie Sanders, 2016. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe he'll get Jill Stein on the ticket. Uh, we'll see. Pro- probably not. <laughs> probably not. I, I he don't prob- see it at this point might not get probably, on the ticket. Probably not getting the nomination. Uh, this comes out Saturday, so we don't know, man. Maybe something happens in the interim. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening in the future, don't don't spoil it for us. We're we're all looking forward to finding out on our own. We all get yes. text messages Please. all of a sudden. <laughs> Dude, you were right. <laughs> Hillary Clinton gets the nomination. You know what? Uh, honestly, uh, if you can travel through time, come back, fix it. <laughs> Um, you know. And don't just spoil. Don't be like early edition. Mm-hmm. That's a dick move, man. Sending yeah. information back through, but only information that related to crimes. You have to stop yeah. now. Yeah, and you know what? One day is just not a workable timetable no. to stop a major like terrorist attack or something. Yeah. No, I mean it takes more than a day to waterboard someone. I feel like that's the only way I know how to stop. Terrorism. I don't know how you're waterboarding somebody, <laughs> but it sounds really inefficient. So anyway, grows up. He's all about enlightenment ideals. He's the youngest member, uh, to be a, a delegate. He comes from Virginia to be a delegate at the second continental Congress where they eventually drafted the declaration of independence. Uh, he is largely, well, and the articles of confederacy. Um, he's largely responsible for having written like, the actual doing the actual writing of the Declaration of Independence it was a, a commission of five, uh, which I believe included John Adams, who lobbied for Jefferson to be the the writer as as a man of words. Uh, he had once told Adams that he could not live with in a world without books. Uh, at one again, po- like Twilight Zone. <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, exactly. No, really. <laughs> and his glasses broke. Ben so Franklin's, he had to invent. Yeah, yeah. New glasses. He uh, had to pay Ben Franklin out the ass for some new glasses. Exactly. Yeah. Ben Franklin, of course, we have established robot. Yeah, of course. He had to pay him in what? Syphilis? Mm-hmm. That's what powered him, right? Yes. Yep. It was powered by syphilis and, uh, and, and dual focal lengths. Uh, <laughs> you can read books from afar or a close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At one point, uh, the Library of Congress during the revolution was actually burned down. And uh, Jeff- Jefferson loaned them, not loaned, he donated 6,000-plus volumes to the library to start the replenishing project. So he Was that uh, War of 1812 that that happened? Oh, maybe it was. Could, no, I don't think. I think it was before. No, it, it must have been 1812. Never mind. So my information. But my, still, he my did information, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't look at dates. <laughs> In in my head, this all exists as one. Well, I think the Library of Congress, like <laughs> point for the American Congress during the American Revolution, doesn't make any sense. A bunch of pamphlets yeah, and like right. erotic wood carvings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think Nate just thinks this all happened in like 1974, <laughs> the height of the free love movement. <laughs> was know, that the height? I don't know. <laughs> well, it was when they started figuring out what everyone had. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm peeing weird. I've been fucking a lot of people for the last seven or eight years. Maybe we should get tested. That was the slogan for the year 1974, pee and weird. (laughs) 73, free love. 74, pee and real weird. (laughs) The whole urine situation got crazy real quick. The 70s were a great time for cinema and cocaine and chlamydia. And 
most things that penicillin could treat. And yeah. every color of urine you can imagine. <laughs> exactly. Mauve. Taupe. <laughs> um, Chartreuse. Some sort of neon green. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's ecto-cooler. <laughs> Coming back into stores. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, Jefferson wrote the original uh, Declaration, and which which did include some critical passages about slavery. He was very critical of the concept of slavery. He was very behind the idea that, and you know, he he penned the sentence that all men are created equal. Uh, so that was that was his thing that he brought. So, so I mean, he hated slavery. In theory, but what's he going to do? Fold his own shirts? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what do you expect there was from a, him? There was an he's, interesting thing I read a while ago. That he's was an like... enigmatic figure. <laughs> the abolitionist slave owner. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was a thing I read a, a while ago that was like, he wrote to someone that was like, I wish I was out, I was free of debt so I can get rid of my slaves. And then he just proceeds to get himself into more debt. So it's like, this oh, yeah. clearly isn't a priority. He was not you. the best money man. While, no. while, while he was in France, because he was a... This is a little later. He was a minister to France. He was the second minister to France after Franklin. Um, and while he was there, he developed a taste for fine wine. And then during his presidency, uh, the White House spent uh, inflation adjusted. I think it was like 10000 at the time, but it, something like uh, the equivalent of $190,000 now on wine imported from France. <laughs> Jesus. And after he donated those 6,000 books, uh, which left him without a library mostly uh he started collecting again and that immediately put him right back into debt he was buying just shit tons of volumes of stuff with credit (laughs) (laughs) despite again uh completely opposing the idea of uh some sort of state debt withholding you know totally he was he was not he was not cool with having a a centralized banking well i mean it sounds Kind of cool and intellectual to collect books, but like no. if he had been alive during a time when Star Wars toys existed, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, here's the thing: I I I believe uh, the way that Ben Ben Franklin is the first American, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson is the first American hipster. Like mm. I'm positive that his 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 book collection. I don't know how much of it he actually read. Like I feel like he's a, a real dilettante about it, but he has these books so he can like bring a lady back. Like look, I am. I'm pretty. Ooh, mm-hmm. look, I'm a smart guy. Look Maybe at all this. Shows, yeah. He was a prodigious violinist. You know. Those. Oh, is that a first edition of on the complexities of the orbits of celestial bodies? And <laughs> In, indeed, it is. And I lost a lot of money getting that. <laughs> he played. He played the violin. Uh, and I feel like that. Like the violin was the ukulele of the colonial <laughs> era. <laughs> like, had there been misfits to cover with a violin, he would have been doing that. Like, he ended up going uh, while he was in France again. He met a woman. Uh, I think her name was Maria Cosway, who was also a, a, a singer and violinist, and she was married. And he ends up having a, a, a somewhat torrid affair with her. It all and it, it was definitely like. Hey, I'm coming here from Colonial Williamsburg, uh, just visiting. Colonial just, Williamsburg. Just, just backpacking through uh, Europe here. I don't know if they called it that at no, the they, time. Cause it they probably like did. Uh, Would you like to see us kill and roast a turkey? I don't, I've never been to Colonial Williamsburg. No. I, also, this is well after Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, <this is> also <laughs> was Colonial Williamsburg. But, you know, from, from Colonial Williamsburg to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. 
I, I uh, think you may be onto something with this hipster thing because I've also heard that Thomas Jefferson was famous for his odd style of dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he had ill-fitting and outdated clothes that Dude, were loud and he colorful. Was, he was all about receiving uh, dignitaries like basically an underdressed like he wouldn't wear shoes and shit he was just like hey welcome to monticello <laughs> fucking have a seat on the beanbag chair it's the shitty impromptu loft party of the colonial yeah, period absolutely so i'll have uh sally rustle up some hash yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing too like he's a very i feel like uh all all of his abolition leanings uh is just a way for like he's just fetishizing black women yeah like, that's all he's trying to get into like the way the way that like like young hip dudes would be like they'll talk about themselves as being feminists or mm-hmm. they're totally but not in practice like, they don't give a fuck yeah thomas no. jefferson all, <laughs> all about just spouting off to try and get laid hey, uh you know not I hate that slavery as much as the next guy sally sally <laughs> come in here yeah. Invent a record player so I can play the national. Yeah, yeah. Little known fact, Monticello was named after his alt band he had in, <laughs> in high school, yeah, which no. had six violinists. It was crazy. The, the, and no drums, where they were the tool of the Indian. The, the original Northwest Ordinance uh, included nine different colonies because he knew eventually one of them was going to have Saddle Creek Records. <laughs> I made this Bible, but I took Jesus, I took all the miracles out because I'm like spiritual, mm-hmm. but not But religious. not really religious. Yeah. No, this guy is full on. He should be, he should have like half of his head shaved for no reason and like a bad tattoo of an eagle carrying a heart on his chest. You know what? I don't like him, but if that's what he looks like, I'd be okay with him being on money. He invented the V-neck, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just so he could show off his sweet eagle heart tattoo. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, he's, uh, he did, he did fight piracy. That's one mm-hmm. sweet thing that he did with his presidency. He fought the, the first of the, the Barbary Wars against the, the Ottoman Corsairs. They would they would harry American merchant vessels in the Mediterranean. He was like, "We're not we're not going to pay tribute, okay? It's not 1750. Mm, it's uh, 1790. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's so, slightly later or 1800, I guess. Was when was yeah, but uh, the the first Barbary War uh, was sort of a failure. <clears throat> they ended up uh, they sent three ships, uh, well, three major ships that were part of uh, the larger sailing unit uh which is the philadelphia the president and the enterprise mm, the, nice. and not <laughs> yeah the, the uss 1701 uh not the 1701a oh okay <laughs> wait that's that's the scott bacula one right i think so okay <laughs> uh i'm nerdy enough to know the actor but not enough to right. know the call sign <laughs> but uh the philadelphia ran aground at some point and the the captain could not free it from this reef. It got taken, and all the crew was sold into slavery. If uh, this this is uh, white slavery, not yeah. not yeah. If if the if the KKK ever gets a hold of this information, they'll point to that as reparations. <laughs> oh God! Like, well, white people were slaves too at one point in our country's history. Your one impression time of the KKK Turkey. is <laughs> My, it's the same impression I do for everybody. Yeah, it's basically a hipster. Also. <laughs> I have one impression, and it's just that voice. Hate hey, hey. so much cooler before the internet. Mm. Yeah. And everyone could do it without knowing they're doing it. 
I feel like the KKK probably drinks a lot of PBR, and they do refer to themselves as the Grand Dragon. <laughs> yeah, no, they're a they're a pretty hip group. <laughs> a, oh, uh, one one of uh, one of the other things that was super hipstery that, that I thought um, Jefferson's uh, his legal mentor. Um, I can't think of the guy's first name, but his last name is White. Uh, did not use capital letters, and so Jefferson adopted. He adopted the writing style of not using mm. capital letters. Was his first name E.E.? E. No, unfortunately, E.E. Uh, e. E. Cummings did not invent not using capitals, but he did get punctuation right out of there, so uh, sure. he can still lay claim to that. But yeah, it was another like well, I'm just doing this because it's what I feel like in my soul. Why would I capitalize something? Capitals. Oh, hey, an yeah. affectation. Yeah. Why are some words more important than others, man? Think yeah. about it. <laughs> just because they're at the beginning, just because they're the first, why does that make you know? But no, follow your New- rules Newton of said language. that they may be giants and we might be pygmies, but we're standing on the shoulders of giants and we can see further. <laughs> you want some mead? I brewed it myself. <laughs> yeah, this might be too late for mead. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> how about he'd have his hip French wine? That yeah, he yeah, yeah. It's imported French wine. To yeah. be fair, though. The American wine at the time probably fucking sucked. Yeah, I know. It was like a barrel of clams or whatever we had on hand. (laughs) It was probably, yeah, fermented trough water. (laughs) There's not not a lot going on. But yeah, no, uh, Jefferson is uh, definitely the (laughs) home-brewing, fucking scarf-wearing, Williamsburg hipster of yesteryear. Lazy Susan inventing... Yeah, <laughs> baked Alaska making. Those are it's only two invent dumb waiter. Dumb, well, stuff the, 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 he doing. he improved on the polygraph, the uh, the thing that allows you to to write, and it will write several other mm-hmm. things. At I the like same that time. slaves weren't enough. He had to do a lazy Susan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's on the other side of the table. She's in the other room. Well, this <laughs> is a guy that you know. You would arrive in in your regalia. With your entourage at the door, and he'd answer it in like striped socks and just suspenders, and like a who farted blouse. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, you know, just come on in. Let's uh, let's commiserate and <laughs> knock out some trade treaties. <laughs> play some settlers. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> settlers of the Louisiana Purchase. Yeah, uh, yeah. He in, he did introduce. Uh, Meriwether Lewis to uh, the American Philosophical Society, and then of course uh, we we come towards towards the end of, after uh, after the death of his wife, which was actually predates him even being uh, minister to France. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was getting together with his slave Sally Hemings. Yes, uh, it's a good, hard uh, to I believe s- she was about fifteen, and he was about forty five years old. Yeah, that's... and interestingly, Sally Hemings was like his wife, his dead wife's like half sister. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, his uh, he inherited those slaves uh, from his father-in-law. Also, who... not a great guy. Hence, the half sister who's yeah, a slave, who, yeah. who was definitely also uh, yeah had had many relations with uh, his own slaves. So you know, it's all about this uh, equality. Uh, thing, mm-hmm. but like I said, he's this is absolutely this dude's. So, he's totally, totally unwilling to uh, subvert his own slaveholding for the principles of, that he 
required of everyone else. But, well, it's so easy to write principles on paper. Mm, Have is. you ever tried living by them? Yeah. Died on the 4th of July like a goddamn patriot. <laughs> um, although, uh, had the Illuminati had their way, he would have died on 9-11, presaging the more important of the American Re- revolution. holidays. <laughs> the, the revolution spearheaded by George W. Bush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, same day. History has yet to decide on his presidency, we'll yeah, yeah. call it. Quote, unquote, question mark, presidency. <laughs> Died, died on the same day as John Adams. The last two founding fathers. Yes. Or the last two prominent ones, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Adams famously, supposedly said, at least Jefferson lives. It was five hours or so after Jefferson had already died. And everyone in the South was like, they're just trying to cover up Thomas Jefferson's legacy. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> I'm going to get in a car and drive around a goddamn oval for a while. <laughs> The South proudly never changing. Let this go. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even from the field, they had NASCAR back then. Oh uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was yeah first NASCAR. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hated myself as it came out of my mouth. No, no, that's I, I I like that a lot. There's can I there's here's a fun aside. There's a great episode of Bonanza directed by uh, Robert Altman, <laughs> and there's a there's wow. there's a moment in it. Where uh, Michael Landon is—he's uh, gone into town to put some money in the bank, and he runs into one of his other teenage friends who just got a new stagecoach, and he's talking about the sweet new lanterns he's going to put on it. It's—it's <laughs> it's pure teenage drive-in drag race dialogue in the middle of a bonanza episode. <laughs> it's great. Um. And I, I like the uh, the import version, the uh, the spoiler ready palanquin. <laughs> oh, uh, awesomely! His his vice president Aaron Burr famously shot Thomas Jefferson's enemy Alexander Hamilton, killed him, went to trial. Well, and then I this is the thing. Remember when everyone vice was president like, for a minute? Yeah, and then yeah, Thomas yeah. Jefferson oh, was for like four years. Yeah, but Thomas Jefferson was like, we aren't going to do that thing anymore where the second place winner gets to be the VP. You ruined it. <laughs> you killed a man. You shot that guy. Granted, this system sucked to begin with, right. but still. I feel like it all works out for Jefferson, though. He gets Hamilton out of the way. Burr's not <laughs> in line anymore. Exactly. Who was Burr the second, tried to... Who's the second vice president? Madison, probably, George right? Clinton. Was, George yeah, George Clinton. Clinton. Not... Uh, of Parliament, no, but but pre pre saging called Congress at the right. time, sure. Uh, pre saging a funkier world. <laughs> I, did, I, I just really, I feel like uh, Burr, Aaron they Burr did being have a, in the mothership for a while. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Aaron Burr being VP, I feel like uh, like it it shouldn't have been that weird that Dick Cheney shot that guy in the head. <laughs> like it's there's true. there's a legacy attached to Vice President. If Joe Biden shoots a guy in the street. Yeah. Like like Donald Trump plans to, I think that's okay. I feel like if Joe Biden shoots every someone, vice president should... while playing cops and robbers with his friend, <laughs> every vice president should get one. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Every, that exactly. That's every... what they get for not being president. Yeah, I that's... mean, like you well, can't do shit in the office, but you get one free shoot. <laughs> you get one free shooting, and you could use it to kill the president. But will you? Do you have? It oh, in I you? like this game oh, of cat yeah. and mouse because because you know that the next guy is also going to get one shot. <laughs> <laughs> And he's not even an elected official. He's That's how we had gonna be this. presidents in a month. <laughs> yeah. And if you fuck it up, the president gets to poison you. 
Yeah, we should. It's this. It's uh. It's it's like Russian roulette. You know what, guys? I think even if he could, I don't think Biden would shoot Obama. No, oh, no, I don't think oh, so. He would never shoot Obama. I mean, they're 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 high five pals, aren't they? Except on accident. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that that course. could occur. He's he's screwing around with the the, the cell phone that turns into a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Got this 3D printed. Just clean her <laughs> off. <laughs> of course she's loaded. What good would she be if she weren't? I feel like Joe Biden, the most likely way Joe Biden dies, like trying to make Pop-Tarts in the bathtub or something like that. <laughs> He's got it. I'm picturing it bungee corded to duct tape. There's <laughs> <laughs> a toaster. A little Skinner display. Yeah, yeah. This is not a vision of Joe Biden that actually it corresponds with reality. I should say. No, not at all. This is this is Joe Biden eight years on after the vice presidency. And I feel like when this happens, he's at the White House, but he wasn't invited. <laughs> yeah, no, he he does, he never leaves. That's yeah, he's just he just chills, or he chases his remote control B. B8 off a cliff. <laughs> uh, what, oh, Nate, thank you for <laughs> Thomas, the story of Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, no, that was definitely 100% the story of Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. Uh, there are no other things to add except for the fact that uh, perhaps it's, you know, we should, we should start thinking more about the American-Morocco Friendship Treaty. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like Thomas Jefferson's hipster band. Yep. No, it's absolutely That's like a super group. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking about Joe Biden taking a bath at the White House and trying to make Pop Tarts <laughs> in like the tub where Lincoln once bathed. <laughs> he can't do it at home because his hot water doesn't work ever since that incident with the firecrackers. Right. Well, and he, and he can't light the pilot anymore. Not after that time. Yeah, and he can't do it in the Taft tub because he can't reach anything. <laughs> and he's like, "Ew, fat guy was in here. I can't be in here." <laughs> No fat presidents. <laughs> He's got a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> no fat taps. <laughs> That's that. Sh- now, now all I want is to see Trump do a motorcycle tour with a shirt that says "No fatties" on the back. It's a picture of Taft with a circle and a line through it. Just like I'm doing everything I can to not get elected. Yeah, I made a mistake in doing this. <laughs> Not realizing he can't, he can. That just sounds drop the, out. like the least offensive thing Trump has ever done. To be <laughs> honest with you, <laughs> and he would accidentally get that sweet Sturgis vote. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> you uh, know the the one percent of them that can vote, <laughs> not to be confused with the other one percent who really, really can't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you go to Sturgis, you think you're hearing bird calls. It's actually the collective beep of ankle monitors going <laughs> off at the same time. Well, By the way, if you're patched in a club, don't kill me on my way home. <laughs> um, <laughs> allow me to propose an alternate uh, version of Thomas Jefferson's story, though. Oh, please do. Thomas Jefferson definitely was a fuckhole uh, who was born on April 13th, 1743. Now, by fuckhole, do you mean that he was born as a a vestigial thing to be fucked <laughs> until it grew into a man? It, I, meant, I mean it more figurative okay. than that. Fair enough. <laughs> what is that a thing that exists? Is that no, like a but... weird frog prince thing where you fuck it till it's a dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what a frog prince is. <laughs> uh, from frog prince, from frog prince to fuck boy, the memoirs of Thomas Jefferson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that that's now that's the kind of thing that sketch should be doing these days. <laughs> His childhood was spent taking advantage of the privileges of plantation life, uh, which is a deeply ironic sentence. I realize he studied with private tutors and eventually went to William and Mary. He studied law, but was also well versed in Latin, Greek, French, surgery, history, horseback riding, the occult, and pottery. Among other Ooh, things. Ooh, threw the occult in there. I like that kind of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did all these things. And it, how is one man not only well-versed in all these fields, but counter himself and hold so many seemingly hypocritical positions? Theory. There was a lot less to learn about each of those fields in the 1700s. Possibly. Surgery was basically just stabbing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although, yeah, you this... double majored in surgery <laughs> and stabbing at the same time. <laughs> I mean, was it? The complexities of the human mind in a troubling time? Or was it something darker, perhaps? Thomas Jefferson served in the House of Burgesses, worked as a lawyer, but uh, our story really starts at the Second Continental Congress in 1775, when they're trying to find someone to draft the Declaration of Independence. And Thomas Jefferson knows that if he does this, he'll have to... There's no way they can write this document without owning up to the great evil of slavery. This is a declaration of freedom and the rights of man how could they not and he really doesn't want to force himself into taking a position on that i'd like to uh interject here that i feel like in both the alternate and the real reality uh we should have the the thing where ben franklin just strips fully nude because it was so goddamn hot (laughs) oh yeah no of course i mean they all had their dicks out at some point yeah (laughs) just that's why ben franklin invented the tiny ball fan Yeah, the, the, the old... <laughs> the old bag of frozen peas. Yes. The entire Continental Congress agreed they were more creative when they were nude. <laughs> and well, they all agreed that it was totally fine with them, and it didn't We'll draw anything. clothes on there in the portraits, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a real thing. They, they blacked out all the windows, and they would stay inside these northeast or different places in the northeast mm-hmm. for, like, days at a time, just sweating. Like, there would be a profuse, like, taint smell after three days <laughs> these dudes just sitting around in a hundred degree weather and that would drive any man to rebellion i feel like sure at that point yeah if you didn't already hate king george <laughs> everything smells like taint yeah. taxes are bad <laughs> um the libertarian ideal <laughs> exactly uh, wash your taint and no new taxes <laughs> yeah it is Which weird. I, I agree with half of their platform. Yeah, yeah. There's social issues I agree with. It <laughs> is weird in Atlas Shrugged how many times she refers to taint smell. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every page. And of course the Fountainhead, which is largely about the yeah. taint dick relationship. <laughs> um, so Jefferson didn't want to be responsible for writing the Declaration of Independence, so he put forth John Adams to write it. Adams put forth Jefferson. So in the rivalry, most of the delegates side with Adams, and they say, no, Thomas Jefferson should write it. So at this point, Jefferson turns to his knowledge of surgery to find himself a way out. I hope this is the plot of Doctor Strange. Uh, He's going to stab his way out is what's going to happen. He lures John Adams into his study by telling him he's going to show him his dad's really cool gun. Uh, (laughs) And while he's there, he, he knocks him out. And at one point in his studies, Thomas Jefferson perfected a procedure for taking someone's face... Off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jefferson gets his first victory over John Adams <laughs> by switching their faces and making John Adams, as Thomas Jefferson, write the Declaration of Independence. Sure. But Adams 
wrote a stirring document, uh, nonetheless, and Congress ultimately cut out the portions relating to slavery uh, because they didn't want to alienate the South. They needed them in the war. And then eventually, when that was over, Thomas Jefferson switched their faces back and was like, I won't do it again. Don't worry. And John Adams being... A, Pretty a, cool about it, I guess. It's just like, okay, Wait, did, fool me once. Did he give John Adams Paul Giamatti's face? <laughs> yes, basically. Which is a fate worse than death. So when they switched faces, were their lifelines linked? And that's why they died upon the same day? Well, we never... Their mortality existed as one? Oh, that's intriguing. <laughs> mm, maybe. Maybe I'll talk about that in a minute. Um... <laughs> So later on, uh, the 1780s, during the war, he's serving as the governor of the Virginia Commonwealth. And he gets word that the army of Benedict Arnold is approaching Richmond. So he needs to find a way to escape but still preserve his honor. And he happened to know that uh, Adams, he knew, he knew that Adams was in Richmond for a hot dog inventing and eating contest. Yes. <laughs> hot dogs, all-American food stuff, <laughs> sell tickets, raise, raise war funds. Come on. Yeah. So... Jefferson sends for Adams, who is skeptical, but comes out of a sense of duty to the country. So, while he's there, uh, Thomas Jefferson tricks John Adams into splitting a magic fortune cookie with him that he cursed with his powers of the occult. And they switch bodies a la Freaky Friday. And Jefferson, as Adams, runs away, leaving someone seemingly who is Thomas Jefferson in the governor's mansion. So, they eventually switch back, and Adams is like, what the fuck, dude? And I made a decision at this point. It's like, first of all, where'd you get a fortune cookie? (laughs) They haven't opened up a Chinese restaurant here and won't for 200 more years. (laughs) Well, Adams had use of Jefferson's body. He decided to put his foe in a corner by writing some decidedly anti-slavery statements. And he was like, okay, now Jefferson will, at the very least, have to own this when it gets back into this body. He will have to free the people he has kept enslaved. And Jefferson, when he gets his body back, just does nothing. Because, again, fuck hole. I cannot emphasize that enough. Adams was appalled that Jefferson chose a life of hypocrisy, violence, and evil over a life simply without slaves. And he was more appalled when Thomas Jefferson became his vice president in 1796. Because, uh, again, that system was totally fucked. That would mean we would have an Obama-Romney presidency, which would be maybe the least dramatic thing to ever happen to the country. Yeah, it might have actually worked out better currently. Well, of course, because Joe Biden is still trying to <laughs> make those make toaster strudel yeah. in a hot tub. <laughs> well, he can get the toaster strudel to pop up, but he always fumbles the the, the cream packet yeah, with his course. soapy fingers. Okay. <laughs> so he's just playing around with scissors in a hot tub. That's actually a new wrinkle. I like I like that twist. And he just puts it in like a plastic bag and is like, the water will heat it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's basically George Bluth. Yeah. Um, Do you think there's a hot tub in, in the White House? I feel like there should be a hot tub in the White House. There's a basketball court. Be. There's got to be a hot tub. Yeah, sauna situation. I, and I would not want to go in that hot tub. Knowing the history of presidents fucking other For people. sure. There's like, that hot tub is like 45% JFK. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's not. It has a Boston accent when you get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is pretty warm water. Oh, bubbles. There's not a hot tub on Earth that hasn't been used for sex. That's true. Maybe there's one like in a convent somewhere. No, even those, man. That's you want to commune with God for real. You get in a hot tub. Adams is wary of Jefferson uh, because, of course, of his trickery. Eventually, Thomas Jefferson decides to devote his life to more political pursuits. And uh, he eventually repairs his relationship with John Adams. They become correspondents, if not friends. And I decided at this point, 
we might talk about the early Republic as a different thing, so I didn't want to do too much of his presidency. But I'll cut forward to the end of his life. Jefferson and Adams have reconciled, and one night they're out cavorting, and they both pee in the same magic fountain. I was going to say earlier, you could have done the pee in the magic fountain instead mm-hmm. of the fortune cookie, but no, there it is. The change-up starring Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds yes. mm-hmm. in theaters now. <laughs> uh, is it, though? There's yeah. maybe one theater. It's, it's revisionist history. We've been it's showing time. the change-up for three years this is the citizen cane of movies with a magic fountain in them no there's somewhere somewhere beneath this apartment complex there's it's being shown to a man whose eyes have been propped open (laughs) yeah that's what they're using instead that's what they're using at guantanamo now yeah (laughs) like why are you showing me this nothing movie i feel nothing about it because jefferson of course felt his death coming upon him so he had cursed the fountain with his occult powers and this explains Thomas Jefferson's last words being Adams lives, uh, which is a tragic thing, given that Adams was dying in Jefferson's body. And of course, five hours later, that same day, Adams' last words being, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's the story of Thomas Jefferson, magical trickster, <laughs> the Loki of our presidents. But Zach, you're serving as judge for this episode. Yeah, magical tripster, hi- trickster or magical creepy, hip- overly hip <laughs> guy fetishizing black bodies. You know- I honestly am surprised you didn't treat Thomas Jefferson worse in your alternate history than you actually did. Um, Just because it robs him of some of his glory, though. I'll go ahead and go with the the alternate history. Mm-hmm. You can give the Declaration of Independence over to old Johnny Adams. Well, and also, I didn't want to reflect too much on his enslaving of people and his abusive relationship, to, not to throw that word around, with Sally Hemings. I think it qualifies. No, not the word relationship, I mean. Oh, I see. But to be fair, also, I don't necessarily feel comfortable joking about that because they're horrible things that still affect people today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I think, obviously, I'll let the listeners have their say. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm drawn to, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a, a vote for your alternate this time, Brian. Because I can't really, in good conscience, support real Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was maybe the most preordained of votes yeah. ever. But he was a pirate fighter. Oh, that's that's true. I should have incorporated that in. Well, listeners, uh, you can cast your vote at revisionistpodcast.com uh, or on Twitter or Facebook uh, or, as we established in the previous episode, by calling me. While you're there, again, like us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Uh, but while you're jacked in, <laughs> you should... Subscribe like to producing the, the Matrix. Of course. Uh, well, you're on the net. Uh, <laughs> you, you should subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on whatever podcast service you use and review us there because that helps us out greatly. Yeah. Before we go, Nate, you are the co-host of Broadcast Geeks. Broadcast Geeks, yes. Uh, which is a podcast about adaptations mainly of comic books. I mean, it's just kind of about nerdy stuff. We, It's mostly about Marvel and DC television and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk about comics. We talk about other other things that fall into that realm. Uh, the last one we did, um, we had Billy Wayne Davies on because he's not into that stuff. And we never really talked about it. We mostly talked about uh, the nefarious Nazi origins of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then a little bit about baseball. <laughs> so. Zach, you 
co-host Stage of Fools podcast. Yeah, and the episode that is coming out tomorrow is our last until at least fall, when theoretically the third season of that show airs. So Unbelievably, the third season of The Royals somehow, on E! Somehow, we're not happy about it either, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm um, more baffled than unhappy. Um, Have you guys thought about just trying to do some really bizarre thing in the interim? There's been a couple ideas bandied about, but nothing has been Just like every episode, you come back and you're like, well, uh, the Royals are still not on TV. Uh." (laughs) Or you buy the DVDs and watch them with a commentary. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not willing to make that kind of financial investment. (gasps) Can you get Mm. British newspapers? As of right now, there is... We have no set plans, but it's theoretically possible there will be something else. And all the episodes are up, so if you haven't listened to it, it's a real treat. But I think that does it for this episode. Uh, Nate, thank you for being here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Zach, thank you as always. Mm-hmm. For everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I am Zach Powers. Have a good night. Have a good night.